Welcome to Money Isn't Scary, a podcast for women to explore our fears around money and inspire each other to be financially empowered. I'm Megan Dwyer, and I'm making it my personal mission to remove the taboo around money and help women rewrite their stories so they can stop staying small and begin to live life on their terms. In this show, we get real and uncomfortable as we unpack our beliefs, thoughts, and behaviors that aren't serving us anymore. I can't wait for you to join me on this journey. So let's dive in. Hi, you guys. Welcome to another episode of the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm Megan Dwyer. Today, I'm chatting with Tiffany Marshall, a modern-day medicine woman for moms who is pioneering the first generation of healed mothers all over the world. She helps women go inward, tap back into their highest self, and heal themselves at a soul level. Tiffany shows up for moms, just like you, with an unwavering commitment to personal healing and empowerment, propelling each one of her clients towards whole being fulfillment and soul level liberation. This was such a powerful conversation. Tiffany is empathetic and intuitive and truly understands how to help women shift from that overworked, resentful, burnt out person to create more peace and joy in their lives. She is just so inspiring, and and this was such a relatable conversation. I got so much out of it personally. So let me just tell you a little bit more about Tiffany. Tiffany Marshall is a sought-after international healer renowned for her powerful voice and expertise as a modern-day medicine woman for moms. With over a decade of experience, Tiffany demonstrates an unwavering commitment to helping mothers heal their generational trauma and step into their full potential. She's a devoted mother of three soul-led children whose captivating presence and profound insights set her apart as a true pioneer in her field, making her an authority that other experts and women seek for guidance on their own journeys of self-discovery and personal growth. Tiffany's empowering methods and soul-level wisdom ignite unparalleled results in the women she works with. She leads luxurious destination retreats for moms and works with clients online and in person guiding them on transformative journeys to whole being fulfillment and liberation. And in our conversation today, Tiffany and I talk about the simple power of nourishing ourselves and listening to our souls. And what does that even mean? We talk about the connection between fulfillment and complacency. And we talk about the masculine and feminine energies within all of us and how that's impacting how we show up every day. And of course, so much more. You can find more from Tiffany at her website, tiffanymarshall.com, and that's T-I-F-F-A-N-Y-M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L.com. And from there, you can find all the ways to connect and work with her. She is also uh, doing a retreat coming up, and this is her second annual Courage to Heal retreat for moms of all seasons, and that's in Asheville, North Carolina, this November 20th through 24th. And she's currently enrolling with early bird pricing until March 31st. So you can go check that out on her website as well. And she also has another retreat, the Silent Serenity Retreat, on May 3rd through 5th in Ferdinand, Indiana. So the website has more information. So go check it out. Um, Tiffany's also out there on Facebook and Instagram at Soul Rich Mama. And she has a private Facebook group, Soul Rich Mama. So go check that out. And if you guys want to hear more from me, go check out my Facebook group, The Mindful Money Mamas, where I am providing lots of love and tips and tricks on how we can create a healthy relationship with money. 
All right, you guys, I'm so excited to share this episode. So without further ado, here's my conversation with the brilliant Tiffany Marshall. Enjoy. Hi, Tiffany. Welcome to the Money Isn't Scary podcast. Thanks for being here. Hi, Megan. Thanks for having me. So I'd love to start by having you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and the work that you do. Okay. So I'm a modern day medicine woman for moms. I view myself as someone who is pioneering the first generation in the world for healed mothers, um, which really in reality, that means I won't actually see the full scale of results from my work in my lifetime. Um, but that is my passion. That's my mission. And I am here to serve moms all over the world. I'm a mom of three. I have a almost two-year-old, almost seven-year-old and a four-year-old. So I'm in the thick of balancing slash juggling motherhood and all of that. And yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell, really. So I'm so excited for this conversation because this is, this sounds so not only fun, but so important for all those moms out there who are like myself, like you in the thick of it and all the craziness. So tell us a little bit more of what that looks like. What does modern day medicine woman for moms actually mean in real life? So real life, this means that I'm kind of blending the two worlds of my spiritual shamanic Um, wise woman, you know, the ancestral lineage that I carry within my soul that I've had in my belief system anyway, for many lifetimes, many life experiences. And now I'm here incarnated again, basically to um, help others kind of connect with their own inner shaman, inner wise woman, inner medicine woman, even. And I do it in a realistic, westernized, modernized way, because, you know, this is 2023. And Um, So basically it's kind of like blending these two worlds of like the ancient or mysterious, really the things that we can't tangibly pinpoint exactly, but we know exist and are there. And I help women kind of tune into that, tap into that themselves and go through the route of actually facing their trauma and any stored suffering that's within their being so that they can show up as a better version of themselves. Um, And I do this, of course while still doing the daily logistics and um, the tangible real things I have to do as a mom. And I, I don't coach on motherhood. I'm not here to like tell moms how to be a better mother or that they're doing right or wrong in motherhood at all. That's not my scope. My scope is like, Hey, let's go inward, tap back into us, me, that me and that self, that highest self, because that will automatically impact and feed motherhood. Um, and all relationships that we as mothers carry. Um, but yeah, that's the gist of it. Don't mind the dog barking if you can hear him. Um, <laughs> this is life. Um, I love this. I love everything that you just said. And the reason why is because this is something that I struggle with a lot myself is balancing that like spiritual and the like the the bigger vision right the cuz i'm a i'm a creative person and you know highly sensitive and all this but kind of i'm always seeing the big picture so how do i balance that with the realistic right and i always look at it again like on this podcast around the the idea of money i've been asked many times like kind of my thoughts on sort of manifestation and abundance, which is a very trendy, like hot topic right now. I feel like it just is trendy. 
with also like, how do you kind of balance that with also the realistic nature of we got to pay bills. We've got to like, I feel like the everyday is sort of like naturally incorporates in like some scarcity because yeah, like at the end of the day, <laughs> there's, there's only so much left. Right. So it's a big, I look at it from that angle of money, but it's a bigger concept and I struggle with it. I struggle with it. I struggle with that, ba- finding that balance. Right. Because like I could be, I could start the day being like, okay, I'm going to do meditate or I'm going to do yoga. And then all of a sudden, like, boom, like my kids come in and crash everything and I've got to do, or they wake up and we've got 700 things we need to do. So how do you do that? How do you do it personally? And how do you coach your other women to do that? So you made me think of something really quick that I want to just share, because this is like before when we've had a conversation, we had, we did route into money, like pretty well right away with the scope of my practice and everything. And it's like, it's because the intangible affects the tangible. It's like the, the things we, you know, our, our mindset, our emotional state, our, our mental level of stress or overwhelm or groundedness impacts the, the tangible stuff, the, the physical world that we live in, it affects the money relationship, the intimate relationship, the motherhood relationship, the me relationship, um, and all those things. But I really believe in less is more, and it's about simplifying everything because like that spiritual self or the soul, the soul level, I always talk to my moms about, like in my retreats, it's like, they're coming to a retreat to reconnect with themselves on a soul level, heal themselves on a soul level. It's, it's about going as deeply as possible and kind of just like bashing out, um, all of the walls, the protective things that we do. And as a mom, right. When you have, like you said, you may be just settling into a nice meditation and then someone jumps on your back or oh, yes, <laughs> or comes up and tickles you or I don't know, whatever, but it's like Scream, in those moments, mom, 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 mom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, and then you, like you said, there's a list of 70 things that have to get done that day. Right. And those 70 things have some are routines, some are scheduled, some are the unpredictable things, but it goes until we put them to bed. And, and then at like 11 PM, we get that like moment to connect again and, and be here again. So it's like the day to day is, is more about simplifying things. And it's like, just listening to me is a big one for day-to-day stuff of like, if, you know, maybe I didn't get to go for that run in the morning. Like I had planned on because I was up really late the night before just to connect with myself because I chose to hold the space for me late and just take the hit of not sleeping the next day. And then I decided to sleep in for a second and blah, blah, blah. It's like, but I have to listen to myself over all the other demands. And so if that means I'm like, you know what, mommy's going to step away for five minutes and go go take a breath. Or I have this book that's like only 90 pages. It's called, I'm just going to share it right now. It's called feeling is the secret. And it's amazing. Check it out. It's a really old book, but it's a really easy read too. So if I'm ever struggling in like mindset or emotional stuff, sometimes I'll just open that book for a second and intuitively let the page choose me read it. And then it's like, Oh, that's right. There I am. You know, it's, it sounds so basic, but it's true. It's like, 
I don't really think there's one way of doing it because like our lives as mothers are so dynamic that I mean, you just, it's, there is no cookie cutter way. And I think with manifestation and abundance too, that's kind of the, like you said, it's trending right now. And it's honestly a big downfall in these like expectations. And there's like a psychological, I just came into connection with this really recently of like, I kind of see this like psychological warfare thing happening in this world of this amazing thing that can change your life if you know how to use it because people start getting hung up and like, Oh my God, I just thought a negative thought. Am I going to manifest that? Is that going to come in? You know? Yeah. Oh, it's terrifying. And I feel like there's all, yeah, there's because we are myself anyway, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I feel like so many women are. So it's like, we want to make sure that we do this. If we're going to do this, we want to do it right. And if we mess mm-hmm. up, then that makes it, you know, how is that going to impact things? Yeah. And I am a recovering perfectionist as well. I love this. I've never heard that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh, definitely yeah. that. But yeah. And I mean, with healing too, it's like, so in a busy day-to-day life as a mother where we're constantly outpouring and caregiving to not just our kids, but maybe it's our partner or spouse, it's our parents. It's just anyone that's really important in our circle. It's like, after you cross the threshold of motherhood, your people become even more sacred and more important because like, you know, the impending doom of death seems closer (laughs) and the, the, the time speeds up, like everything speeds up and you become more aware of like what really matters, I think. Yeah. And so with that, it's like, you know, really nourishing. Yes, I'm outpouring and I'm giving because I can't help but do that. Like, that's just the innate part of me is going to show up and do that always. But with healing, it's like when we're doing that as a mother, especially as a mother, I should say, because everyone does that, but it, it keeps shoving me to the back burner or it may mean that I have to turn off the feeling or not turn it off, but not give it my full attention, this thing I may be feeling and, um, or this overwhelm, or it could be something really deep, like a trauma experience that you never know when it's going to show up for you. Like the, the flashback or the memory or a trigger of it triggers are big, obviously. And Mm -hmm. it's like, if we're not feeding that space within us, if we're not going in there and nourishing her and giving her attention, then all the other things that can create and manifest chaos will. But when we come back and are like really, really intentional with what we need emotionally and mentally, those are the two biggest things to me, emotional, especially emotionally. It's like that, you know, that's how the rest can kind of follow suit organically, where you don't have to micromanage what you're manifesting or micromanage. You can be more flexible in your day. Like, yes, we have these structures and routines and schedules and we blah, 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 and expectations, but I can also hold that space for my four-year-old to be like, mommy, I, I want to play with you and do this random thing that he just creates in the moment when we're getting ready to leave. And I will literally stop and be like, okay, Let's do this for a couple of minutes. I'm just going to set a timer though, right? To keep it. Right. So we, right. Because that's the hard part is the world around us, that realistic, like the, the real life that we were just talking about revolves on time and deadlines and black and white and kids don't operate on that life, right? They, they're in their own little world. And I feel like we deep down underneath don't want to operate in that world either. 
Because so. our soul doesn't, or, yeah. you know, like your, yeah. your deep, your, your actual being doesn't either. It's right. like, but we are here to learn how to integrate like into that to a certain degree and not forget <laughs> yeah. like who we actually are. Yeah. I, I feel like sometimes I am living in this world and I don't fit in. I just feel like I'm such a like dreamer and I like think about the bigger things all the time. And meanwhile, my husband, on the other hand, is like focused on like the minutiae. Like he does like (laughs) care so much about like the little tiny things. And I'm like, whatever. And so it's, it's been a juggle (laughs) trying to balance that together. But I think it's good in a way it's healthy because I'm able to kind of like pull things back and, and yet he is, has like the more kind of like day-to-day focus. So it's a good balance, but I don't know. I get a little resentful sometimes because I just don't operate in this kind of environment or I don't, I think that's why sometimes the, like the corporate world and the, the job and like kind of following the rules of success, quote unquote success that culture sets out for us. I I struggle with and I get a little like frustrated by the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Well, and Hey, I think it's, I also have a opposing opposite for a husband and it's really magical actually, because it's your balance that like you need the divine balance or I do, I'm speaking to you, but I, I, that's what I tell Mm -hmm. myself. I'm like, cause I know what you mean. Sometimes it can create like a moment of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for a moment of tension. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Chaos. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And what I can't think of the word I'm turmoil. Turmoil, turmoil. is what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. It can create some turmoil, but it's like actually there's a divine balance happening there. So it's really a, a blessing to have to have that to ground you a little bit in those moments. Or like my husband and I, he's more of the like the ah, it's okay. It's whatever. You know, like Mm -hmm. he can just kind of float and flow. And it's like, if I have laundry piling up in the living room, I'm going to, I'm in chaos. Like, I'm like, I've got a full, you know what I mean? Like these Mm -hmm. things that can in my house anyway, with three kids, we have a lot of things stacked up around Mm -hmm. there. There's just things everywhere. I feel like, (laughs) and he can, he can be in that and be like, oh, it's all good. And I'm over here. Like, you know, that's all I see. That's what I'm thinking about spinning, but that's my human self. And then the other side of me and my soul, I can be like, wait, this doesn't even matter. You know, like ultimately it doesn't actually matter. And if I'm nourishing the things that do really matter that I believe matter and that I like know with a capital K are those important factors in life. As long as I pour in my energy into those spots every day, then the rest of the stuff I can kind of show up and be like, eh, maybe not as gracefully as my husband, but like I can do it, you know? Yeah. Well, it has the perspective, right? So is that sort of the secret ingredient? in your mind is, is making sure that we're nourishing ourselves and doing the things that bring us fulfillment and joy and purpose on a daily basis. Yeah. And I mean, fulfillment is like, this is a word I've always used. It's a word that's been like very frequent in my vocabulary. And then just last week, my husband, Tyler brought to my attention, like fulfillment almost insinuates though, that you've hit, you've, you've like found this place that yes, fulfills you. So that's what we want. Obviously we all want to feel like, like successful, like you said, or fulfilled and whole and, but actually fulfillment kind of also leads to this thing of maybe potentially complacency, because if you 
feel fulfilled already, then what? Like, the, you know, like. You got it. Right. Like, where do you go next? Yeah. Right. And that's not human nature. Like human nature is constantly craving more. There is no such thing as stopping. Like that doesn't end. It's like, and I think that's part of the soul too. So I think like, but yeah, I think the secret ingredient, that's a tough one actually, when you ask that, but a big piece of that would be, yeah, the self nourishing because, and everybody needs that on the planet. But the reason that I'm pioneering the first generation of healed mothers in the world is because I see moms as the center, no matter what season of motherhood you are in. I really, really with every fiber of my being believe that we, as women who then, you know, initiate into motherhood because it is a physical thing in our world that we become moms. And then it's like, you're cluster feeding. You are, you're not sleeping ever again, not fully anyway. Mm -hmm. And you're, you are forever living for someone else then like in a different way than ever before. Yeah. But there's also the spiritual side to it, which is like, that's where this initiation happens that expands your entire capacity of your being. And in that part, it's like, I feed my physical self basically. And the spiritual self is already whole. Like the soul is whole. The soul doesn't need, you know, I say soul level healing because it's like, we're going to heal all the things that are in the way of getting, (laughs) getting to really feeling confidently connected on a soul level Yeah, because that's what it's about. It's like, I don't need to ask anybody any other questions. I don't, you know, about what's right and wrong. I don't need to do that. I know, like I know, and it's not because I know everything. It's just the soul talk, the soul speaks. Yeah. I, and if I, we can't hear that, then it's like something's missing in, in your secret ingredient, you know? Cause I think maybe our secret ingredients are kind of unique too, because. Yeah. Oh, I agree with that because everybody, everybody has a different kind of yearning or whatever it is, something that their soul is, is searching for. I love what you said about how we need to kind of, we're already whole underneath Mm -hmm. and we need to kind of heal the things to help us get to like the connection with that because so many women don't feel that way. And I believe me, I've been there and I, it's a slow road for me to get to that place of feeling whole and feeling what I like to equate that with feeling worthiness. Right. And that also is so interconnected with money. I was just listening to a podcast this morning when I was running and somebody was talking about how they had the person that was being interviewed was talking about how somebody had, had done a, a GoFundMe to raise money for her and for a particular cause. And the person who was interviewing her was like, oh, I would feel so yucky. I feel so yucky, like having somebody raise money for me. And as if if this is a common thing for women around receiving, it's as if I feel like, you know, we maybe, maybe internally, maybe we think we're a charity case or something like that. And we don't need help from anybody else, but I really feel like it's a worthiness. Like we don't feel like we're worthy enough of receiving anything or any support or whatever it is. This is again, the whole concept of money where we just are, we kind of are given what we're told, whereas mm-hmm. we don't ask for more. We don't advocate for ourselves and take it kind of like a step further, like, you know, maybe some men would. So I think so much of that 
it goes deeper and deeper and deeper to the soul level of feeling worthy enough. Do you agree? Big time. And you made me think of, which we talked about this before of like, when you look at, when you look at receiving anything, but let's talk money, like receiving money. Yeah. It's so how many people do you know, like in the world, how many people do you actually know who would say, yes, I am whole? Like, yes, I am fully satisfied. I feel, you know, I don't, I don't even know that satisfied is the right word for wholeness, but I like whole means you to me, whole with a capital W means the, the lacking within yourself or your exterior world. I think it's interior actually forget exterior. You can lack in the exterior and still be whole. Like you can, you can, you can have nothing. Right. Like what does lack even mean? I mean, it all, that's that's so personal. That's so customized. I think individualized to you, what you, what you feel you're lacking. Absolutely. So it's like someone could be living on the streets and be totally whole, like, like on a soul level connected and whole and actually enjoying their life. And then there can be the people who have all the money in the world, who have all the things, you know, like the tangible things we're told we should have, or we should want. And that that means we've made it to some kind of level of success. It's like, those people can also be very miserable, disconnected people into your, in, inside. And, but to me, it's like wholeness, which goes back to the healing, you know, and your soul is whole, your human is not. And your human is like the broke, the part that it's not broken, but it's like, it needs remind, it needs to remember the human brain and being needs to remember that the spiritual being is already, there's no need for striving for, for perfection because it's there, you know? Yeah. And, and if we have any kind of dysfunction inside of the, um, masculine, masculine or feminine sides of us. And that includes any conditioning you received as a child or, or as an adult, um, too, when you have dysfunction there, your ability to receive anything, money, love, a a thank you from somebody or a, you know, a compliment, just anything, your ability to receive is going to, you're going to have dysfunction there. And so you may crave it. You may desire it. You may believe like I'm here for bigger things you know, blah, blah, blah. It could be like, you have this huge vision for yourself, but then you still struggle with, like you said, you, maybe you struggle with just kindness, receiving kindness, like in that, that person was being really thoughtful and, or maybe you struggle with, um, believing something that somebody tells you, like someone tells you how amazing you are and you know, you can trust them. And then you're like, Oh, (laughs) you know, or you question we do it that aside. all the time. We just brush it off. We dismiss it yeah. because and it's like, why Right? we right. should be, we should be like robustly celebrating all of our magic and, and, you know, the things that both make us unique and the things that connect us with everyone else that we all can thrive in. And it's like money, money is energy, no different than right. your mental energy is. And right. it's like, money flows and attracts. That's where the manifestation comes in that word of attraction. You know, it's like money attracts to someone who is receptive because money is playful. Money is like, money is simply there to be used. Right. It's it's a tool. It's a resource. That's what I say. It goes in, it goes out. And I think when we are 
and again, I work, I've worked for 18 years in financial services and I know what it's like to work with people who are like, I have to have this amount of money. I have to have this amount of money. So I'm going to work really hard to accumulate this amount of money. And it's just like, to me, that stuckness, there's something there Mm -hmm. where they're not either not letting themselves use it or they're, they're, I don't know, avoiding, or there's something underneath that is not healed in my mind. You know, it comes from scarcity and this is just a complete way of kind of overcompensating for that. Maybe, Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's so many things going on and everybody's individual, but there's a lot of ways that we can think, we think, act and behave around money that come from past trauma and inner beliefs that go deep. Yeah. Or what you saw your parents do or the narratives and the dialogues that were, you know, like money doesn't grow on trees or, Hey, like, I remember when I was a kid, you know, every kid's like, we don't ask our kids what they want to be when they grow up. We never ask it because I, I really am like, no, if they want to tell me something, let's talk about it. But if they don't, then I just let them like be, because it puts this pressure on somebody to think that they have to be anything other than what they are, first of all. But the, but that's actually not where I was going, where I was going to go was like with the scarcity and like the overdoing, like the force, these are masculine and feminine dysfunctions. Again, it's like, if you have trauma stored trauma, unhealed trauma from in the masculine perspective. So it doesn't mean that it's your father, but it definitely could be, or another male role in your life, or it's just from everybody has masculine and feminine energy. It could come in from past lives. Like it could be from anything, all of the above. It's like the masculine side of us. And this is also where mothers have massive dysfunction because they're do like society forces us to overdo like, and to meet all of these crazy expectations that it's literally impossible for one person to match and meet all of those expectations, especially in motherhood. If you have a job, if you have a business, if your kids are in extracurriculars, if you're, if you know, all the things like we can't be everywhere at once, we can't do all the things in a day. And that's why we go to bed exhausted. That's why we don't feel we have time for ourselves to actually nourish, to go get that massage or to go for the run or to, you know, meditate every single day. Like we believe we don't have the space for it because we're so like, we're so saturated with expectations and conditioning. But when we strip that away, then we don't need to do like, we don't need to force anything because force is resistance and force. You are right. Is come is directly connected with scarcity because if you believe, you know, if you, if your actual emotional state does not resonate with the belief system of I can receive or I can give whatever, then you're going to cause, there's going to be like a misalignment there. So you, how could you receive someone's love fully? If you have the, if you have the belief system that you're inadequate in some way, or I mean, emotionally, or if you have a belief system that like, there's no space in your life to, to take anything else on. There's no, that, that includes how you receive love and money. I mean, it's just like, if you feel overwhelmed and full plated, your life is going to respond to you in that way. And it's not going to put anything else on your plate because there's no room on your plate because like energetically you believe and logistically it's there in front of you. There's no room on your plate. This is going to sound a little crazy and whatever, but if you can understand how to like 
bend time and make the plate a rectangle instead of a circle or something like change the actual energetic framework of, of what your plate looks like. You can bring in more, you can, you can be, I want to say this too. This is really important. I think, because with where I'm going, I feel like I may be giving the wrong impression, but like you can be an insecure, you can be the most insecure person you can feel like you don't, you haven't made it yet. You can feel like you can feel these things and still be attracting money and still be in an abundant place in your life. Because it's not like we have to, this is that psychological warfare with manifestation. It's not like everything has to be perfect in order for the things to start coming in. That's not how it works. It's like baby steps at a time for most people. Other people have this like massive, infinite growth that goes extremely quickly of like, you know, someone starts a business and six months later, their, their business is making multi-millions, but typically people have to take, put in the energy in a different way. And it's a slow grow. And that's not because you're doing anything wrong. And it's not because, um, you are rebounding or something, your abundance. It's because as a human being we can't even compartmentalize if, if everything flowed in instantaneously in its full capacity, 24 seven, you would be overwhelmed by that too. Like you wouldn't be able to even fully receive in that way as well, most likely. Right. So it's like, but anyway, with, with masculine and feminine dysfunction, like, I really feel like this is a really important thing because, and for me, it's the number one thing I work with on moms besides them focusing on themselves is going into those sides of them and us uncovering what is stuck in you on the masculine side of you. How is that affecting how I show up daily of like, I'm constantly stressed out. I feel like I'm in like a rat race and I can't stop. You know, if I stop, then I'm going to lose that time. Or if I stop, something's going to be off schedule right. or get messed up, blah, blah, blah. Right. It's, it's like that side of a woman isn't even designed to be functioning like that. Neither is a man really, but if you go into feminine energy, it's about receptivity. It's about softness. It's about like, like letting down the guard and just, and being the, the divine creature that is, is the giver of life, the grower of life, the creation energy, but also the one that's adorned and, and really held and catered to in her own right. And that's in every man, but it's also like we, as women, I believe physically incarnating like this, we have to give attention, more attention to this because women are not like mothers are over here, myself included. This is a practice for me every day, but it's like, you know, I've lived, my kids are, I've been an active mother for five years. Cause my oldest is my bonus son who I acquired at two when he was two. So it's like, I have been actively in motherhood for five years and I can assuredly tell you, I spent the first three and a half, like just spinning, spinning Mm -hmm. on a hamster wheel of, of like, it's so hard. And, and the integration was just messy and it wasn't consistent and things were all over the place, even though I knew because I've been doing this work for almost two decades yet when I became a mom, it's just like that totally shifts everything. And not until about a year and a half ago, did it, did it really, really land for me where my life actually changed of like, you know what, the pace slowing down doesn't mean that I stop doing things in my life or that I'm like, 
oh, I want to make a million dollars in my business here this year. I'm going to just sit back and let it come (laughs) and do nothing. It's not that, but it's like, we're not in this high intense, um, this tension that's so thinly strung that like, if anything snagged that you're going to break, you know what I mean? Like one wrong move will break you in that state. I know that and it does. I know that feeling all too well. And and that really ties back into something that I think you alluded to before this like neediness energy, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and that leads to almost desperation. So it's like if you need to if you're like when it comes to abundance manifestation and all of that stuff, like if you are putting yourself in this place where like I need this to happen. It's not going to happen, right? Because you, what you're putting out into the world, what you get back, there's an energy match, right? It's an energetic match. So what you put out is what you get back. So if you're saying in like desperation, I need this, that's, that's the kind of vibe you're going to get back too, right? And I, I feel like you, you said something else that kind of resonated for me and, you know, even just yesterday. So I do this podcast because it's a side thing. Cause I love it. I, I still have a full-time job. I have my two kids. I'm juggling a lot of things yesterday. I, um, I had an article that got published on um, motherly. And so I was sending the, the link to it to some people, which is really cool. All about like learning how to trust yourself with money and all of that. And it was, it was a fun and I'm so excited about it. Um, but I had like, I sent it to a couple of friends and I had like two different people reach back out to me and say, this is awesome. I don't know how you have time for that. And I'm like, because I make time. It's like as moms, this doing this stuff makes me, it fills my cup. It makes me happy. And if if I didn't really want to do it, I wouldn't prioritize it. So I think this is all interrelated as well to like the, the energy that we're putting out and the capacity that we have to put that energy out and then to receive the energy back. And it's like in that, in, you know, that's in that mindset of like, how do you have time for that? Yes, of course I have heard that. And I've thought it like, I, you know, definitely both sides. I've been on both sides of that before. And it's like, yes, we will prioritize the things that are most important to us. And if I want to make any changes or shifts in my life, which that's a daily thing too. You know what I mean? I I feel like I'm always craving more. I'm always wanting to expand or be better than I am and, you know, and make my life better and enhance every aspect of my life possible and my kids and everything. And it's like, I don't get there by just thinking and wishing about it. Like I get there by having the desire I can crave it with desperation if you want to call it that. Cause a cra- there is a fine line of desperation and like just or a, a soul urge, like yeah. the soul urge and urgency we listen to and we give energy to. If we're in a state of desperation, we don't believe we have it and we won't get it because you are just creating more of the belief that of what you're giving energy, you're magnetizing what you do not have. It's like, we, we shouldn't think in neck in negatives, right? Because then it's like, you're, you're actually feeding the action word, not the, not the thing that you desire. You're feeding the not having versus what you're actually wanting to call in. So it's like, yeah, because you know what, like if a mom wants to lose, like for me, 
I'll be really transparent here with stuff I used to never talk about. And now I'm an open book about, I gained 60 pounds between both of my kids. I had sepsis right before my first son. I actually, we found out I was pregnant when I had sepsis. And so like, he was a little peapod while I'm having a near die near death experience. Right. And then I went straight into getting sick and all the things. So like my membership at orange theory went out the window immediately, really, because I couldn't, I couldn't hang. I couldn't. And before that I was trekking in Nepal, you know, and it's like, so I gained 60 pounds between both pregnancies and that whole time. Right. And that was within that three and a half year window where I'm overwhelmed and exhausted and all the things that I said earlier, it's like in that time frame. There wasn't a day that went by that I didn't want to lose all the weight and like feel like me again and be back in my body again. But I wasn't doing anything to hold the space to make the time for that because I believed I only could be right here because I'm a stay at home mom. I I believed I could only be right there. Like I could not do anything else. And you know, and it, it was just hard to figure out logistically even how to implant that in the right place. Now here we are a little bit later and I'm like, I've, I've lost almost all of that. I've got like 15 more pounds to go, but woohoo, that's amazing. And honestly, most of that weight shedded off of me when I let go of obsessing over what I didn't have. And I just started like getting more into the flow of my daily life and just like, instead of obsessing over over what my body looked like that day, I just kind of rocked it. And if I wanted to go for the run or walk, I did it either with my kids or alone, whatever I could work in that day. And it's just like that flexibility and that flow, which is feminine energy. And Mm -hmm. that's receptive energy when you're in that space, it's just so much easier to call in and just to let the things come in because, because you're flexible, you're, you're stretchy, you know, like you're not, and it's You're not so, held in. It's so contrary to what we're taught, right? We're taught that that you need a diet to do that, right? And you need to be restrictive. And that's black and white, right? It's numbers mm-hmm. and that's very masculine energy, right? And and then, you know, if you were good or bad today, right? And again, it's the opposite of kind of like going with the flow and feeling into your body. And I feel like so many of us are so like outside of our body because we're in our heads all the time. And that is very much like I always equate diets to budgets, right? And that's so much aligned with money, right? Like the relationship we have with our body, the relationship we have with how we eat, I think for women is just as triggering as our relationship with money. And so there's so many parallels there. And I'm glad you brought that up. Well, and you just made me think of two things. So like restrictive diet, restrictive, just define that word. Like restrictions is, is the same energy as resistance or a block. Like you are enforcing some sort of barrier there. Yes. So how, you know, how do we get around the barrier then? Like, how do you, if you're holding yourself accountable to a hardcore restriction or, and whatever it could be. Um, and the other thing I, you really hit home on is the black and white. It's like, you made me really remember this. It's the human life, like the human being and our tangible world is black and white and is dualistic live. It operates and exists in a dualistic plane of existence. So that that's going to be like good or bad love or hate, like, or, um, black and white, whatever. Yes. And no, you know what I mean? And then it's like the other side where the soul exists is 
above and beyond all around duality. There is no duality there. There's unconditional there. Unconditional. And if you're in unconditional, that would mean your capacity to receive money is infinite. Your capacity to give and receive love is infinite. Think about a spouse like or your children, your children, especially unconditional love for your kids is, I mean, it just, it is, it just is. That's because you two are, are soul aligned. You know what I mean? Like you are connected on a soul level. And then if I look at, I'm just going to take my personal life. If I look at my spouse, we have, we have seen so many hard things in our, in our time together that like most couples don't see a they see throughout a lifetime. And we kind of had hit help hit heavy in five, the first five years together. And that's just kind of the story of my life. Anyway, it's like, apparently how my soul rolls is to like have things just come, you know, like I got sepsis instead of just getting right. the flu. I don't know with unconditional love, even for a spouse where it's not the same as a kid because you're choosing your spouse and you're making the choice to be committed to them in all of their unconditionally, like in all of the ways they show up in, in everything. And he does that for me. And it's like, we could have ended in divorce years ago if we wanted to do that. But we, we really, really believe in the unconditional aspect of that. And that is the soul. Like, yeah, that is not, you know, the black or white world, because if you're in the black or white world, there isn't, there is comparison, judgment, lack, like, and there has to be a right or wrong. There has to be a, a good or bad if you're in dual a duality. You right, know what I mean? It allows you to, to make sense of things because the world, it doesn't, it exists that gray, that all those gray areas, the messiness, all the craziness, like doesn't feel good for our brain. So we want to be able to have it black or white so that we can easily make sense of how life, like life events, the things that happen. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's so easy. I think feel like to go to one extreme or the other. And then there's like the comparison aspect that makes you feel like complete shit and makes you feel inadequate and makes you feel like you don't have, like, that's where that lack comes in. That's when lack can like, and desperation can just eat you alive if you are stuck there. So it's like, it's hard. It's not like it's, that's why I work with women. Like I do. It's like moms come to my retreat. Then they're joining my membership. If they just met me through a retreat because they want to stay connected in that world, or it's the other way around. But the whole point of that, of what I'm saying with that is like, it isn't just a one session overnight, like one and done thing, right? This is a lifetime commitment. And it's, it's, your relationship with money is a direct correlation with your relationship with yourself, with your yes. relationship with your parents, your spouse, anyone that's really sacred and important to you. You can look at these worlds and they will reflect one another or they, they, you know, they will emulate the other side. I say they're all parallel, right? They're especially, mm-hmm. especially the relationship you have with yourself. Yeah. And or like, you know, what if I used to hear this all the time when I was like young, you know, and I would be like going to a job interview back in the day, like in college or high school, even my mom would be like, make sure your car is clean because they go look and I, they go in the parking lot and look at the state of your car, the interior of the cars when you're in the interview. Like I always heard that. And teachers would say that people would say that. And it's because like, the inside of your car is a, is a really good way to get a feel for how that person 
is in their interior world. Their personality. Yeah. 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 I can see that. And, and like, so, you know, we as moms, like I would be lying if I was like, oh, my house is pristine and perfect. Like my office is the cleanest room in our house because like, I'm the only one who (laughs) comes in here and it's just my things. And so it's kind of like my sacred space where I have like my meditation space and then all my things. And I keep it, I keep this room grounded, you know, but the rest of the house, no, it's, it is what it is. And it's like, it's like all of us, you know, there's, yeah. It's what's the point of cleaning up the Legos if they're just going to get yeah, and I mean, thrown around again. Why take that five minutes to do that? Sometimes it feels like I right. find therapy in cleaning, but I also really am. I swear I was not like this years ago. I really wasn't. I would be up till midnight cleaning our freaking yeah. house yeah, just for the morning. But, you know, and sometimes that's what we need to feel grounded, especially like for me, I have more trauma in my life story than... I mean, I could just write 18 books on it instead of the one. And it's like, so sometimes, you know, things like that, help that, that false sense of control or security helps us therapeutically. And that's a healing aspect too, to clean or to do something like that. It's a coping strategy. Yes. But then there's, like you said earlier, the compensation. And so overcompensation would be obsessive cleaning, obsessive, you know, and all of that. And so it's like, why do I care to get to pick these Legos up tonight from the landing of the stairs when I know my four-year-old's going to wake up at 6 a.m. and want to go right back over there and build again when I could take that time to go start my bubble bath and to throw the salts in there and just say, you know what, I'm just going to go do that instead or, or whatever it is. It's yeah. like, moms, we really need to, our kids are fine. Like, you know, it, it, as long as everybody is fed and clothed and as long as then, then we're beautiful because like big picture is if I'm not okay, interiorly, like not okay. I don't like that word. If I'm, but if I'm not feeling like I can breathe, if I don't feel like there's oxygen moving, like literally circulating and then I'm going to feel stuck here. Well, that's my heart chakra at the same time that it's the space of my lungs and the breath, but the breath is the life force energy. And it's like, if all of this stuff is feeling weighted down or like held and stuck, then I'm, I'm going to be a piss poor partner. I'm going to be a impatient mother. I'm going to be, you know, I'm just not going to be at my, my, my highest self and my fullest capacity and fullest capacity changes day to day. It is not like, highest self. Also, I say this all the time, but I won't, but like perfectionism is a real thing. You and I know this, and I bet every mother that will listen to this will (laughs) resonate with that, but it's like, and the highest self can really get, people can get tripped up with perfection there too, just like manifestation because, but it's, it's like the highest self fluctuates daily. You know, it's like the highest self is really like, what is what is my favorite version of me that I would love to embody today? You know, how do I want my partner to receive me? How do I want my kids to receive me? How do I want to receive me? Right. You know, and how do I want to receive on that end too? Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. So it's like, if I am, and we have our days, but it's like, if you can, if you can truly like intentionally show up every morning, here's a practice for all of you listening out there. And, and maybe you do this already, Megan, but 
if when I wake up every morning, I literally, I do this before I go to bed and when I wake up. So when I wake up in the morning, I think before I put my feet on the floor, actually get up, my kids come in like 80 times to try Mm -hmm. to get me out of bed, by the way. So it's not like I'm undisturbed and waking up with like, (laughs) or anything like that. It's not like that. Right, Right. But before I actually like get on the floor, even when I'm abruptly woken up to an alarm plus kids and the snooze and all that jazz, it's like, before I get on my feet on the floor, I give a moment of gratitude to my soul for, for being incarnated as a human today. I'm like, I am so thankful to be here again, to like wake up and be in this physical place that I've built, you know, and, and to be breathing and to get an opportunity to have another, have another day to fully experience my soul being human. And then I'm like, I am open to receiving all the abundance or all that I am, that my soul and the universe are able to conspire together today. And I just leave it at that. And I get out of the room or get out of bed and, and I go about my business, get right into the routines, don't touch it again. And then I come back at bedtime and I just in my head, I don't write this stuff down. I wish I was a journaler, you guys, but like, that's what I don't have the energy for. But I think, I think, and I write content, I still write, but like, I don't have the energy to be a journaler every single day. I just don't. And, but I do encourage it because it's great for people who can, because that's needed. But so instead of journaling, I just think it, and I'm like, what are the three, what are three things today that I did that I can like give gratitude to either that I did or that I received for showing up in this full capacity of, of my soul. And I can usually think of way more than three once I get started. And then it's like, okay, well, what, what do I want to set the tone for tomorrow? What would I like both tangibly to accomplish tomorrow? And how would I like to feel tomorrow? It's more about how you want to feel than anything, but bring the tangible in, like set goals, do all of that because set deadlines. I mean, it's good to have these things. It's not unhealthy at all, but it's like having this balance of the flexibility comes in when I just like, I'm like, okay, there's that thing. I, I set it out into the world. I acknowledged it with my being, and now I'm going to go to bed and I'm just going to let it, let it be instead of being like, Oh my God. Well, I just asked for this thing. So now I need to make a list of how to get there. Right now you need to control it. Right. And that's, again, that that fosters the needy energy and it's, that's not going to do any good. Right. I think that is a kind of a beautiful way to sum up everything that we were just talking about. And, um, and it's a very simple practice that we all can do. And I, I've been just starting over the last couple of weeks, maybe very simply, um, trying to just name three things in my head that like went well that day, but I can sort of adjust it a little bit, but it does make such a difference because sometimes when you are in this, as I say, when you're on the treadmill and you're just going, 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 it's so hard to pull the beauty out of the chaos. And so I think Mm -hmm. this is a really great way to intentionally set yourself up for the day versus just running into into the chaos and to also kind of like wrap it up at night and and appreciate how the day went because again like this is such a silly phrase but uh and I've always hated it but like the the days are long but the years are short it's never mm-hmm. been truer than a mom who's in it right so mm-hmm. it's true i mean the days are long and they're difficult they can be hard they can be just stressful, overwhelming for all of us, but 
they're going to be over before you know it. And, you know, your baby who you remember being two is now eight and you're, you're just there and life gets a hold of us. And I think we need to slow down and, and be more intentional about how we want to live in this world. Yeah. And we can do the same practice with our marriages or relationships. We can do it with our kids or just our motherhood. We can do it with our bank account. You know, it's like, open up your bank account when you wake up and be thankful for whatever number is there. I don't care if you've got $3 in your account, or if you have 1.5 million sitting in your account, it's like, give gratitude to what is there. Yeah. Feed that. Yeah. Pick out three transactions in your online baking statement from the day that you're thankful for spending money on. Like give gratitude to what you put out and what comes back. You yes. know, it's like these little things. It could be like, oh my God, I just sold three retreat seats today that, you know, made me hit a, but a five figure budget in one day or five figure, um, receiving in one day, or it could be, Oh, I just sold my son's like old pair of socks on marketplace for $2 that day. And right on both ways. It's like, what a blessing, what a blessing that is to receive, you know, and to pour out at the exact same time. Yeah. Or even the little things like we very rarely go do like fast food and stuff. But my, my son had a friend over the other day and the kids wanted to go to McDonald's because they had Pokemon Happy Meals. <laughs> and so I took both my boys and this friend to McDonald's. And I know it was just very like, it was a lot of money. It was very little, but I was, I appreciate the fact that I have the money to do that. And to make those kids like smile because they had a blast. Like they loved, they loved it. And it's like the little things, right? I had, I had the money to be able to do that and put a smile on their face. And that made me happy. And that you just, and I did the exact same thing last weekend after T-ball, by the way, because our boys are obsessed with Pokemon. (laughs) um, And you made me think of this too, with, you know, in motherhood, it's like during the day, every single day. The days are, what'd you say? The days are, the days are long, but the the years years are are short. So think about there, there isn't a mother on the planet unless she's like, I don't, I just don't think so. (laughs) I don't think there's a mother on the planet. If you're out there, let us know (laughs) that, you know, you, it's not like you're going to have the whole day without a lick of overwhelm or a lick of stress. It's like, you're going to be in a divine dance. That means you're, you're right. That means you're in, you're in alignment. If you can divinely dance with the human tangible, um, unpredictability, being out of control of things, especially with your kids. Like if you can be, if you can dance with that as well as the flow, the flow is the dance really is the breath. But if you can be in the space of like, I can get overwhelmed and stressed at the exact same time that every mother on the planet is wanting to weep inside with their love for their child. When they go to, when my kids go to bed, I am like, Oh my God, when I I've envisioned like my four-year-old with facial hair, when he's in his twenties one day and how heartbreaking at the same time that it's like the same fullness of love. Yeah. And so like, that's a divine blessing of motherhood that like no one else, I don't think anyone else outside of mothers can really know about fully, but it's also like, let's dance, let's dance and being out of control yeah, while having to feed structure at the exact same time 
that's, that is a, yes. Um, oxymoron in itself, you know? And then it's like, it's, so it's like, we can, but then we can still feel that, that immense unconditionality at the exact same time. So it's like, these things are just flowing through us simultaneously and it's about accepting it and just being in it. And that's flow is just being in what you're in right now and where you are while still desiring more yeah, and, ex- and being okay with that. Like being like, because also there's like this little tidbit I'll just throw in and it's a, it's like a heavy thing. So it's not like a light thing, but I'm like, I'll just throw it in for giggles. But like, yeah, yeah. if you were completely done, if you were completely fulfilled, you would die because your soul will leave the earth once it has fulfilled its mission missions, purposes. So ultimately, is it the journey of the fulfillment or is it the fulfillment that you want? Like, I'm not ready to go yet. I'm, I am so not ready to go. I have more I'm doing here. And sometimes I have to remind myself of that, of like, there's the, there's the overdoer that loves to be, I'm, you know, I can't help it. I'm a type a blah, blah, blah. So it's like that part of me wants to accomplish the goals. And then there's the other part of me that's like, but but my four-year-old won't want to dress up like, you know, all the things he puts on and creates and then go to target with me probably in a few years, he won't even want to do that anymore. And I'll be heartbroken. So let it, so let, let's do all of that stuff. Let's give energy to putting all of this gear on and then let's go get in the car and figure out how to buckle you up and go. And, and I'm again, sidetracking, but it's just like being in this ride, being in this experience and in a journey versus a, I've got to go from A to Z right now. My, my cravings high, my desires high, my expectations high. And if I don't have Z right now, then I'm not happy. I feel like I'm not enough. I feel like I'm, you know, blah, messing up or whatever. And it's like, no, you're not, no, you're not like, it's one, one day at a time, one step at a time, and just soaking up every moment inside of that day, Yeah, utilizing that day, the best that you can. Right. And, and, um, you know, especially as mom, I mean, if you're not doing that, you're going to just be drowning in, yeah. in feeling out of alignment. So, of so, yeah. Yeah. I love this. This is like so spot on. And so important, so relevant for both me and my audience, all the listeners out there. So thank you so much for all of your insight and really great knowledge and experience because there's so much there and so much of this is kind of internal too. And we absorb all these messages from outside. So I think having your kind of perspective on how do we process all this stuff going on outside to make us turn to our inside and feel good about it, right? How does that look? And this was just a really enlightening conversation around that. So thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy connecting with you. Yeah. So before we wrap up, can you please tell the listeners where they can find you and follow all the incredible work that you're doing? Yeah. So my website is www.tiffanymarshall.com. That's where you can find all the ways to connect or work with me. And then I have a Facebook and Instagram account. Both of those, you can look me up at Soul Rich Mama. It's M-O-M-M-A. 
Um, I'm more active on Facebook and I have a private Facebook group over there for moms, um, soul rich mamas that you can join if you'd like to. Um, but other than that, I kind of, I honestly stay off of the interwebs and stay inside as much as I can. I try to stay inside of my, my own being, you know, in my own, my own like little love nest of what I'm cultivating for myself and my people. So I love it. I love it because it's, it's so easy to get wrapped up in the, the outside and all the stuff that doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's like, stay off of that and go out in nature with your people, with your own being and just like breathe, just breathe, you know, yeah. take a few minutes, but yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I love our conversations and this was a great time. Thank you. I appreciate it.